Man and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Crisis has arrived. The first three parts of Crisis on Infinite Earths have aired. We are going to dive in with our thoughts, specifically focusing on the Tyler Hecklin Superman and Bitsy Tolick Lois Lane parts, but we will certainly talk about the other Superman and Lois stuff and the rest of the crossover as a whole, as it, it is important. So I guess we can just dive right in. Lots to cover here, Zach. Crisis part one, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? Okay, so just on the first episode, um, this one, this was a pretty strong open. It, I think I looked down to see how far into the episode I was um, when a lot of stuff had been introduced and it had been maybe like 10 minutes and we were full on into Crisis, a ton of stuff from the, the comics. Uh, so they, they moved really quick in this um and there's a lot of good stuff happening especially if you're a fan of these cw um shows and you've been following the arrowverse shows and all of that and all the superhero shows on cw there's a lot of stuff uh to get covered in this there is some good superman stuff um in this one a little bit of not good superman stuff but overall uh pretty good and a lot of um a lot of things that i wanted to see between superman and lois we got some either got to see it in a brief nod or actually got to see it a full scene with it so Overall, I, I liked this first episode quite a bit. Yeah, maybe some hints to what the show could be about. Yeah, I thought the, the opening was great. Um, if you look at these crossovers, and I've enjoyed the the past CW crossovers, if there's one thing that they're missing besides characters or you know changing certain story elements, if you look at Invasion, for example, the one thing that they're missing besides characters and and that is a sense of scope, a sense of scale. You know, there's a major alien invasion. Again, I like Invasion. But it kind of just takes place on a rooftop in Central City, and that's the the big battle. And I thought the way this opened, they did a wonderful job of that, as well as they could, of establishing some urgency. You know, they had the it seemed like chaos and things were going bad, and all these horrible things were actually happening in the the montages of different Earths. And I think they really did as close as they could to the comic book feeling of that. I think it's slowed down a little bit since then, quite a bit actually. It's it's really slowed down since then. But I thought it started really good in terms of a sense of urgency of this is this is the biggest event and and deadliest event in DC's history. Yeah. Um the Superman stuff, I thought this will be kind of a theme for throughout the three episodes. I think Lois has gotten some great stuff. Bitsy Tolick is has been wonderful in in the three episodes so far. Superman, if I said Superman, Tyler Hecklin Superman in particular has had nothing useful to do, how much of an over exaggeration would that be? Um maybe just I would say he's been useful two or three percent of the time. Okay. So I don't. I wouldn't come say he hasn't been useful at all, but that's not too big of an overstatement. What you're saying. Yeah, and and there's a lot of characters, and, and frankly, there's a lot of characters to service, and a lot of characters haven't. I mean, get to the end. Not much positive has been done by any yeah. superheroes, really. So it's tough to to point out that in particular. A lot of what Hecklin's had has been sort of the generic dialogue when there's groups of people, you know, yep. and anybody can say anything. Here's this plot explanation anybody could say it so he hasn't gotten some stuff to do but there's a little bit of that earlier um and, and this breaking down into the the scene by scene here opening scene really intense where we get this history of the multiverse and then the hero recap we see briefly superman lex and metallo from earth x we see earth 9 destroyed which is well i don't know if these earths were being destroyed ultimately they were but earth 9 we get to see alan richin smallville's aquaman and he was yeah. playing hawk of course from titans there's Earth X destroyed, Earth 66, we hear Earth 89, we get to see the the Danny Elfman Batman theme, the Batman 66 theme with the Burt Ward cameo, uh, really intense start. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about, it's like 
a lot, a lot happened in those first few minutes. Um, like you, like you said very well that it, it sets up the scope and it's cool. It's a cool place to put in cameos. This is where I expected we would get some of these small cameos that are not going to appear in any other shape or form probably in the crossover, but this was a great place to just jam pack them and get things started with a bang. Yeah, and this being a Supergirl episode, we start heavily on Earth 38 National City. Get a recap of of what's going on, the crisis, you know, oh, red skies are coming in, all that kind of explained. And then we jump to Earth 38, Argo City, where we see Clark and Lois, and Clark is changing a baby diaper. Yeah, and this this is really great. These are the kind of moments that I wanted to see between Clark and Lois, so this this part made me really happy. Yeah, we're not going to get a lot of this in crisis. There's just not a lot of time to focus on these three but the little bit we did get here on argo was great and this was probably where the first episode peaked for me uh, the whole argo scene uh, it was cool to see lois and we get a little bit of backstory on this superman uh some some slightly new information uh, i don't know how much of this is going to apply after the events of crisis if this is going to get wiped clean or if this is something they're going forward but they say he has faced off with doomsday lois said he apprehended general zod there was a throwaway line in i think season three of supergirl that Superman had killed Zod. I don't know if this is a retcon or a different explanation there. They also said he went toe-to-toe with dozens of Lex Luthor's death traps, which we could have guessed. But yeah, I don't know if that's just these are just throwaway lines or if these are specifically things that Todd Helbing wanted in there for the Superman and Lois show, just his backstory or what. But uh, we did get a little bit more backstory on this Superman. Yeah, and uh, it leads into the humorous moment because she's talking Superman up and listing all these things. Like you said, maybe they're throwaway lines. Maybe they are actual things that will matter. Either way, she's making him seem really tough and then says he's finally met his match in a dirty diaper, which is, this is great. Like the Lois kind of lovingly making fun of Clark. That's the the interactions I really like to see between them. So I'm glad that we got a little bit of that. Yeah, the Lois and Clark interactions picked up right from Elseworlds and we got to see some really great stuff here. Uh, just seeing the two of them interact is is a joy to me when they actually get to. We don't get a lot of it, but when they get to, it's really good. Um, and and dealing with the dirty diaper and always wants to make a story of it because that's what she does and it's really cool we also find out the baby's name is jonathan so that is right from from the comics we've got jonathan probably jonathan samuel kent if they're if they're taking directly from the comics i thought it was cute how they pointed out he has clark's eyes and clark says that's fine as long as he has lois's everything else again another cute moment between the two of them yep and was about 99 percent sure going into it that his name would be jonathan and now i'm 100 percent sure yeah so good to get confirmation on that that's the name if they're gonna have a baby then that's who i would want the baby to be named yeah but then uh, a potential thing that they're maybe setting up and we'll see how this develops. but it says that clark or clark is talking and he says he's pictured them living on earth with two kids so maybe they're setting that up to have a second child on the, the tv show yeah that definitely seemed like a bit of foreshadowing for me that another baby is coming or something with crisis happens where they have two kids i don't think they would just throw that in there for any other reason than unless it was actually going to happen. I, I'm not sure. Uh, there's been some other kids, obviously Jonathan named after Clark's dad, Jonathan Kent. And then they've, uh, there's a Christopher Kent, which was actually Zod's kid that they adopted at one point in the comics. I don't know if they'll be taking from that or anything like that. Uh, we might have a better idea after crisis is done. Yeah. Uh, but then the car holograms shows up and tells him to escape because the crisis is is coming the red skies appear there on argo um and so they they go and they find Alora, who's played by erica durance um i completely forgot that she played supergirl's mom <laughs> on this show so it was fun kind of a fun to su- surprise to see her pop up so early 
yeah, in fairness, it was the second actress to play Allura. But that was a really cool moment. Erica got to give Bitsy's Lois a hug. It's kind of a, a passing of the, the torch of TV Lois Lanes. And so they got a cool moment. And it was awesome that if somebody was going to help them off, the fact that it's Erica Durant's is really cool i wouldn't want anyone else on argo to help jonathan escape sad they have one escape pod you would think a place like argo uh, with all the as much as their backstory of destruction of planets you think they might have prepared for this but a cool moment a nod obviously to alexander luther being sent off in the crisis comics but of course the origin of superman itself and they they take dialogue right from superman the movie in there that clark and lois are sending off their baby this was a really powerful moment. I, I would like to have, you know, this is one of the parts where it seems rushed slightly. Uh, you're doing a lot in Crisis, so I can't really complain too much. That's one of the things I like about Crisis. It bounces around a lot. There's a lot going on. So I would like to see a slightly more minute there just to see them uh, deal with it. It's kind of like, okay, we're sending off the pod and everything. But I, this was the best part of episode one for me. Really emotional. Really cool to see them send off Jonathan. Yeah, this was really cool. And obviously it's supposed to be reminiscent of clark's own origin cal's origin on krypton getting sent off in in the pod and yeah they um they did a really good job of with the time that was allotted to them in this jam-packed first episode i think they did a good job of um bringing a little bit of drama um and showing the emotions there and argo is gone uh do you have any thoughts on that um i i thought it was a nice thing that they could have in their back pocket for storytelling they could go there every now and then and you know she's supergirl's unpowered there so they could tell different stories um but it's not super surprising that it got wiped off um and that they got rid of her mom because then they don't have to bring erica durance back anytime they want to tell a story with her yeah the the biggest loss for me is erica durance if she doesn't appear anymore but um besides that argo it's an interesting concept i'm not a huge fan of having a massive civilization of kryptonian somewhere else it's been done in in the comics there was like new krypton story arc which was a pretty good story arc but i'm just not a huge fan of the premise i I like superman being the last son of krypton it just makes a lot of it makes it a lot more dramatic and in crisis aftermath they say that there was an estimated 4.53 billion people on argo which is nuts um and so i i don't know it's kind of a a weird thing i'm not a huge fan of having a ton of other kryptonians so i'm not disappointed argo's gone if it is gone for good uh although erica durance will be missed yeah we bounce around a little bit seeing different earth one cities the heroes are recruited brought to earth 38 deo and that's where it's revealed that superman and lois appear and they were rescued at the last second by harbinger harbinger brought them to earth 38 or to the to earth from argo in the 38 universe she apparently has the power to also change clark's clothes into superman and so they're there. Then we get a cool moment where Lois goes right to console Kara. And Clark consoles Kara about the death of her mother. Yeah, it's really nice to see these Kryptonians talking to each other because, you know, only they really um, know what's going on and know what they've experienced. And now like this additional loss of it's almost like losing Krypton again, if there really were 4.3 billion people living there. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see this uh, interaction between them. Yeah, we get more set up. There's been harbinger explaining the antimatter wave is destroying stuff quantum towers going on that are being built uh that need to be protected so brainy has tracked jonathan's pod it's gone to earth 16 star city in the year 2046 which is a tie into a legends of tomorrow season one episode uh superman wants to go right after jonathan but oliver talks him down Uh, i like how clark said those are two words i'm not used to hearing when he said when he's told you can't um I, i thought this was a pretty good moment between the two of them normally 
Superman getting parenting advice from Oliver Queen wouldn't be something I would be huge on. But it is a fair point. Like, There's a lot going on. We need the universe to save, to be saved. So um, a pretty cool moment, especially because Lois offered to go and Sarah and Brainy join her. Yeah, this is a really good way to give Lois something to do. And that sounds bad, like give her something to do. She's an awesome <laughs> yeah. character who is, you know, really smart and, and brave in her own right. But let's be honest, she doesn't have powers. And like, this is the biggest crisis in history. You need some people with powers. And so there's lots of other things that need to happen, though, where you can send unpowered characters. And this is a perfect opportunity, that, especially because she's going after her son. I was a little hesitant. I thought maybe they were going to use this to rapid age the baby and like they were going to show up and find a teenager or something so i'm glad that that doesn't end up happening yes i'm glad the baby is still a baby i hope yeah. that that lasts for a while uh and then we get clark kind of getting consoled by Kara. what do you think of that scene i i really really love the superman supergirl or yeah interactions from the comics and so this is kind of in the vein of some of the time that they get to conversations that they have in the comics it's okay it's not like the perfect conversation I would have wanted to have between them, but it was. it's nice to see this moment um, between them and especially just like recognizing that they are the two most powerful uh, superheroes in all of the universes um, getting to talk to each other. Yeah, it just feels weird to hear Superman say, how are you so hopeful right now? Yeah. That's a that's a really weird thing to say from, from Superman. I get he's got a lot going on. His son is somewhere sometime. So there's a lot going on there, and they're trying to set Kara up as the paragon of hope, um, but it still feels feels weird. And he also talks about how he he thought he could give up the cape and just have everything. He said in Elseworlds he was giving up the cape for a while, and this almost made it sound like he was planning on it being a permanent thing, and they were just going to live on Argo forever. I didn't get that sense at all from Elseworlds, but maybe I missed something here. Yeah, and this this does follow in the. I mean, this is Supergirl. This is her show, and the previous interactions we've seen between them is Kara is more of the mentor figure to, to Clark, which is kind of strange. And he, he learns the most from her about how to be a hero, which in my mind should be the opposite. But when we have a TV show, that's just Superman and Lois, I'm assuming he will be filling that, that lead role because his name's on the show. So it's okay for me. This, it makes sense that that's the way the conversation uh, shakes out on Supergirl's show. Yeah, I don't know that I'm saying it's okay. It's it's a weird situation because a lot of Kara's stuff has just been taken from Superman's history and that, and he was in this universe. He was a hero long before, and so it's really strange to see this kind of things. Um, let me. This is kind of like a, a a thought on the entire crossover. All of these, you know, the showrunners for each show are involved with this, and they they make sure their characters are served. I don't think Superman has anyone. Yeah. Tyler Hecklin, Superman in particular, has anyone standing for him. You know, um, I think it's really cool that when Black Lightning was involved, Black Lightning's uh, had the showrunner and a few writers involved with making sure all the dialogue was right, making sure the character moments were right. Uh, similar things with Lucifer. You know, the showrunner of Lucifer was on set for Lucifer scenes. Uh, I don't. It doesn't. I don't get any sense that Todd Helming was involved with this, and this was you know before he had fully come on board as showrunner for Superman and Lois. So it seems like this Superman doesn't get anyone standing in his corner and giving him anything really useful to do. He's there like he has been in the past. Some of our criticisms in the past of Superman's appearances on Supergirl, he's treated as a guest character on another person's show instead of like his own unique character and like Superman we think should be treated. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good way uh, to put it. And that's why I am excited for um, 
his standalone show where he does have a showrunner and he has somebody standing up for his character and what what needs to happen correctly for him. So I have a feeling that when that show comes, there will probably be parts of this crossover that I'll just choose to ignore or <laughs> just probably not remember because they weren't that great. And this conversation with Kara will probably be one of those moments. Yeah, this, this, uh, this crossover has not made me less excited for the show of Superman Lois um, because I love the what what Hecklin and Tolkien have done with what they've got to do. It has made me a little bit less excited for crossovers. And I'm usually a big fan yeah. of crossovers. Um, but I think it's difficult to juggle all of those characters. And I totally understand that Superman is still a guest character in Crisis. But um, if he's Superman, you'd like him to be Superman a little bit more. Yep. You know, we get some more stuff with, you know, development with Mia getting a green arrow suit and Oliver and Barry Chat and all of those things. When Lois goes to Earth 16, we see the old man Lois or old man Oliver, which is kind of. Um, really just a way for Sarah to say goodbye to Oliver before she actually gets to say goodbye. Lois hears Jonathan crying. I thought that was awesome how Lois just took off. She was trying to help Brainy and then she heard Jonathan crying and just took off. And Brainy, yeah. Brainy was pretty funny there saying, uh, I'll just stay here. So a good moment. They return to, to Earth 38. Then the shadow demons are starting to attack. There's an earthquake going on. So Superman and Supergirl go contain that, the damage from that. And then they show up to help fight the shadow demons. Yeah, and this then, is... This is good. It's it's straight from the comics because in the TV show, there's not really any explanation of what the shadow demons are or where they came from or how they're powered or what they're doing. And there's none of that in the comic either. So it fits perfectly. Um, but yeah, this is some good action sequences with Superman and Supergirl because of um, them getting to fight with the, the shadow demon. Yeah. Along those lines, they have to power up a solar panels from the, the quantum yeah. quantum tower and then and of course Kara lasts longer than Clark. Um that's something Supergirl has always done. Every uh Clark even says something, oh you always gotta one up me. Um I actually think Clark should have not lasted as long as he did because he was under a red sun and exactly. hasn't had much time to charge back up. I wish they would just use that as a throwaway line instead of again trying to to put down the Superman character to prop up the Supergirl character. It's a frustration I've had. I won't dwell on that too much, but it's something I I haven't liked about this Superman's appearances. Yeah. So again, like in your, what do they call it? Mind canon. If in my mind, Clark is just trying to be like self-deprecating and um, humble because he knows that it's because he's been under the red sun, but he's propping up Kara because he's on her TV show. Um, so in my mind, he's, that's all going on behind it, but who knows? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> a really frustrating thing um, that I've had problems with, but I will not dwell on it, but it's almost if I didn't care about the Superman character so much, it would almost be funny to have a drinking yeah. game on it. Just wait whenever Superman's in the Supergirl uh, episode. Wait till he gets put down a little bit. Uh, but let's move on. The monitor zips the heroes out because they need to save the resources while the, the Supergirl supporting characters, you know, the subplot with Lena and Alex and all that, they're working to get rid of some characters, move them to Earth-1. Uh, Earth-38 is destroyed. I thought it was really cool. You know, rewatching it especially, I really liked Oliver doing everything he can to save people. He saved yep. a billion lives, so three billion of the seven point five three billion on Earth thirty eight moved to Earth one. I thought that was really cool for Oliver to do all that. It's a little disappointing for both Kara and Clark that they don't get to be the last ones standing on their Earth, right? So four and a half billion people died on their Earth. They don't get to do the last stand. The Monitor has a relationship with Oliver, so it makes sense within the story. But uh, it's just one of those things you, you don't have time to dwell on 4.5 billion people dying because right. that is a very small number compared to what we're about to see. 
Yeah. And again, a really good job of kind of putting things into perspective of how big a deal this whole crisis is. Yeah, and the, the episode ends with Oliver dying and Lois reappearing on Earth One with Jonathan and, and Clark goes over to join them. And Pariah shows up. We, we meet him for the first time and he, he says he freed the, the anti-monitor. So we get that part of the, the comic story going. All right, let's move on to part two, which is probably the heaviest Superman and Lois related stuff. We get drinks for Oliver. Uh, some people having drinks for Oliver. Lila takes the Earth 74 Wave Rider. Monitor explains the Paragons that are some MacGuffins. There's a cute scene where John is interrupting everything until Mick, drunk Mick, Earth 74 yeah. Mick is the one to calm him down. I'm hoping he stopped drinking when he, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he put down the beers when he started holding Jonathan uh, just sure for safety reasons. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a cute trope where the person you would least expect to calm down a baby is actually the best for calming down a baby. Yeah, this was a nice, cute moment in this uh, this episode. Um, but yeah, the Paragons, uh, they're nothing really. They're just kind of like, <laughs> oh wait, yeah, like you said, MacGuffins. Um, but they all like kind of stand for a different virtue or emotion or something like that. But we get cryptic um, messages about them and we have to go find them. And one of the Paragons is, Paragons is a second Kryptonian who has suffered great loss. Um, so this is kind of setting up really early in the episode. This is going to be a very superman superman family heavy episode which is uh exciting yeah so lois and clark and iris go after that paragon but then Kara and kate go after another paragon earth 99 bruce wayne who they thought would be a paragon turns out it is not kevin conroy what do you think of everything on earth 99 in terms of kevin conroy we got a lot of nods to bvs dark knight returns all that kind of things where this is a really dark batman who went off completely off the rails killed superman and never really recovered from that emotionally or physically from a battle with Superman. Uh, what do you think of Kevin Conroy in live action and everything it that was, went with that? Yeah, it was it was really awesome to see Kevin Conroy in action. Um, I think I did the first time I watched it look away so that I could just hear Batman's voice without like seeing his face uh, because he's obviously he's doing the Bruce Wayne voice that he does uh, when he's doing the voices, and it's a little strange to hear that voice coming out of a person's face rather than a cartoon batman um but the second time i watched it again he's a he is a very good actor um like you said they did a lot of nods to some some of the darker stories and histories of batman and that was really cool to see um these little things and make sense for the batwoman batwoman episode of this crossover yeah i quite like that this is a whole conroy did a great job interesting to see another world i'm glad they didn't have him playing batman the animated series batman or anything like that especially if yeah. they they weren't allowed to use batman presumably for this so i thought that was really unique it's kind of a look at not to make a joke out of it but it's kind of a look at what would have happened to affleck's batman if this in this universe their mothers did not share the same name i mean right. superman's uh parents initially the kents were sarah and eben so if they had different names, it's something to think about. I think that's what this is a commentary on a little bit with Dark Knight Returns mixed in there. Um, so you can you can take from that what they will, what you want. But I thought that was interesting just to see a whole new world explored. Meanwhile, Lex Luthor is being Lex Luthor, takes the Book of Destiny, which it's revealed that the Monitor lets him because they're trying to find the Kryptonian Paragon. That leads us to Earth-75, where Clark and Lois see that Lex has already killed the Superman there. And then, of course, goes to Earth-167, the Smallville Kent farm. What did you think of Tom Welling and Erica Durant's return? So I I didn't think that I would ever have to say this, but if this is if this is all we see of Smallville, of Tom Welling and Erica Durant's as Lois and Clark, I 
I would have rather them not bring Smallville into this crossover at all just because of what happens in this scene, uh, especially the dialogue and the the history, the story of Tom Welling's uh, Clark that we have to know now. Um, I'm assuming you probably feel kind of the same. I thought this was a really good look at the Earth 2 Smallville where Clark Luther became a hero, a nice guy, gave up his powers and settled down with Lois. I thought that was a really cool look at it. <laughs> yeah. Can do um, that, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to consider it in my head canon I think um I've seen you know this is a pretty mixed thing when you do something so drastic take away his powers um yeah I think if this is all we see of the Smallville universe I would have preferred that it, they did not show up and and make what I consider to be a pretty significant change to Smallville's history here um I think Welling and Durant did a gave a great performance I like the headlines in the in the Kent farmhouse although I don't know how they got that picture of the shirt rip in how Superman's identity was not revealed right there yeah. for the newspaper but that is a that is a side point I really liked uh, the Tom Welling Superman Clark I should say and Lex Luthor interactions if that was you know isolated if this was a if that Clark lost his powers and a random Lex Luthor showed up I believe that's what would have happened I thought that was a really cool scene Clark getting a punch, saying he's still stronger. I thought that was all really cool. To me, this isn't really a fitting ending, if you will, for the Smallville universe, at least as the way I interpret it. Uh, a lot of people think this guy just wanted to have a normal life, and he he talks about that early. I mean, starting with the pilot, he just wants to be a normal person. And that's true to an extent, but the whole show, the whole point of the show is about him recognizing, accepting, and embracing his destiny as Superman and Season 10 in particular is about him embracing that destiny as Superman while still having a normal life with Lois and finding that balance. So this feels a little bit not fitting to me at all. Um, and really, my last if this is our last look at Welling, um, it's weird that the last time we see him is the first time, really, that he turns his back on people in need. Yeah. Um, and if he gave up his powers for gold kryptonite or whatever, and that's a permanent thing, um, you can overcome that anyway. I mean, in this very episode, Ray Palmer whips up in a few minutes something called a Paragon Detector. I think you can find an answer for that. I think there would have been different ways to, if Welling didn't want to be involved in in costume or anything like that. I think there are different ways to explain that and, and work around that where his temp powers are gone temporarily or anything like that. But this takes place if this takes place in 2019, the flash forward in the finale was in 2018. And if those if their children are old enough to have kids or if their children are already old enough to talk and say we want to show daddy something those kids would have already had to been born in 2018 so it's not like he gave up his powers to live a normal life i did like that lois and clark are happy and, and on the farm and have kids and everything um but yeah that just kind of felt wrong to me yeah it what it felt like was if um some superhero i mean super villain with like magic or mind control created some illusion in Clark's mind about like what what would be perfect if he didn't have to have powers and if he just had a normal life with Lois like this seems like some sort of fever dream that you would have put Clark into and then gone and stole rubies or something it doesn't really seem real which is weird and whatever the getting rid of the powers all of that stuff I can look past that it's like you said it's the it's seeing this Tom Welling Clark Kent that we've spent so much time with doing the right thing kind of doing the wrong thing he he does try to talk to lois about you know 
the multiverse is in trouble and they need help, but she thinks it's a joke. And he basically just goes along with it and literally turns his back and walks <laughs> back into the, the farmhouse. So yeah, it's that was the most disappointing part for me. And I've always I'm always my preferred look at Superman is the never ending battle. Like he does never never gives it up. I know in some stories or else worlds and, and imaginary stories he has. My preferred thing for Superman is it's a never ending battle. It does not end. He is is Superman for life. Um I could be talked into if he had solved all the world's problems, uh, putting everybody, taking care of all the bad guys, and decided to, and inspired a bunch of heroes, decided to to retire to the farm. That would be, I could maybe accept that more. I don't think Lois would let him do that. Yeah. But um, considering we know and they address, they remind people that Lex Luthor is president in this universe right now. Obviously, him and him, Clark and Lois just living on a farm feels completely wrong for me because Lex Luthor is president. You could say, oh, what if when Lex Luthor came back after the finale, he was a good guy? That would make sense, except Dr. Fate literally used the helmet of Naboo to tell Clark that Lex Luthor will be his ultimate enemy. Enemy, And so I can't just picture that Clark and Lois sitting on the farm retired and not trying to take down Lex Luthor. If, I wish the, the president... I didn't know the president was in town line was I didn't know the president had gotten out of jail yet. And then you could say, hey, we addressed that. We took care of Lex. Now we're retiring. It would be, I still wouldn't have loved it, but I would have accepted it a little bit more. Um, so overall, it didn't feel right for me if this is really the end for them and they don't show up later. But I did like seeing Walling and Durant's uh, happy and with kids. I thought that was really cool. That part of it. Anyway. Yeah, that part of it is cool. It We could go on for a long time and make this like a, a Smallville uh, podcast, but there's obviously we both have issues with that, but like looking forward to the Superman and Lois show, I I don't want to like draw too much from this, too many conclusions without, I want to like give it a fair shake and, and let it do its thing, but it is a tad bit worrying if people involved in this went back and looked at Smallville's history and Superman's history and decided that this is what they wanted to do with it. It does make me a little bit worried about what sort of decisions they would possibly make in the future for Tyler Hecklin's Superman on his TV show. I'm still, I'm optimistic that they're not going to do things like that. And obviously this is like, this is a pretty rare case. Um, not going to happen all the time because this is way, way past when the, the TV show actually aired and all the actors are older and they are, um, could be retired and stuff like that. So that's a totally different situation, but it does it plants a little seed of doubt in my mind about how they're going to handle the Superman character. Yeah. And they've done, they're showing there's an infinite number of universes here where everything is different, but uh, it does make you wonder, are they saying the only way for Superman or for Clark and Lois to be happy and have kids is to no longer live their life in Metropolis and give up. I mean, are they working at the daily planet? I don't know. Um, are they still doing that? Clark's not even wearing glasses when strangers show up. So is he, given up his identity i don't know how they handled all that but um yeah it raised a lot of questions more questions than answers uh for something that seems like it was meant to be the end for me anyway and um yeah i, I yeah i don't, I don't know I, we could go on this for a long time but um yeah really weird and a bit weird for me yeah and i'll just one more small thing about it i it was cool that i got to spend that much time with uh the john crier lex i really wish and it's not over yet, so possibly they'll come back. But I really wish he would have gotten to spend some time with Tyler Hecklin or uh, Kara or something just talking about what it means to be a 
Superman or Supergirl. Yeah, we don't really get to see, didn't get to see, they were blipped away before uh, Welling could talk to another Clark. So that's a little bit disappointing. I love that Lois kind of has a thing for all the different versions of Clark. Like, like subtly, it's a really weird thing, but I thought it was really cute how she's like compares him to the the paper towel guy and how she kind of has a thing for Ralph, Ralph Clark Kent later. It's this weird situation. I thought Tolik and Hecklin both did a perfect job of portraying that because she's like, oh, I'm attracted to this guy, but I'm also married. But it's kind of the same guy, but it's kind of not. And that's the same thing you can see with Hecklin's facial expressions. He's like, I mean, you know, he's not jealous, but he's also like, well, it's okay because it's me, but it's also not me. And I'm right here. I thought I just love that. I wish Hecklin had got to meet a Lois. So they kind of could have flipped that a little bit, yeah, uh, and and evened it out a little bit to see that. But uh, I love that part of it. And Tolik and, and Hecklin both did a great job. We also get, I, I think we can move on. We might have more to say about Smallville later, but we can move on. Uh, there was also the subplot going on of using the Lazarus pits to revive Oliver with with everyone going on there. It's cool to see Jonah Hex pre scar and Sarah point out, well, you're going to get this scar anyway. I thought that was really cool. But the last big thing for us is visiting Earth ninety six. Lois and Clark go to a repurposed Catco, which is the Daily Planet. Um, there's like I, we were just talking about the Lois and Clark have a, a meet cute, cute the John Williams music, um, the way they look at each other, and I, I thought Ralph did a great job stepping back into Clark Kent and Superman. We get the nice glasses thing. I thought this was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, this is really cool, and it's obviously Brandon Ralph is plays a pretty mean Clark Kent Superman. He was chosen to do that in a big budget film, so. Um, it's really cool to see him, like you said, step back into that. Uh, but he also, he gets to talk to them once he, he trusts them pretty quick, which is awesome. They can, they know enough about him that they can gain his confidence pretty quickly, but he e- explains the kingdom come backstory from the comics. Um, basically he says a reject from Gotham gassed the daily planet and killed everybody, including his friend and wife and shows him all the plaques of all the people that were lost. Yeah. Um, I want to know how much time passed because if again with the rushed thing, the only complaint here was he goes from telling the sad story to yeah, I'll be Superman. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really quick switch in the scene. Um, so I want to know how long that takes. I realize by the end of the next episode, basically everyone we know, every Superman and Lois we know, are dead. Um, but it, it's it kind of stinks that thinking of this, Margot Kidder slash Kate Bosworth's Lois Lane is dead, and, and it happened off screen. Um, it's a bummer. I get they want to homage Kingdom Come, but it is it is a bummer that that happened to that universe. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, he he agrees to join up with them. Um, so Superman ninety six, that's what we'll call Brandon Ralph, and then Superman thirty eight, that's what we'll call uh, Tyler Hecklin. So Superman ninety six agrees to join, and he and Superman thirty eight want to take on Luther first. Uh, but he shows up, like Luther does, and wants Superman to kill Superman, and so we get to see um, a Superman on Superman battle which for cw budget looks pretty good yeah i thought that they did a really cool job here seeing them a little bit flying and, and fighting and everything like that and obviously they didn't have a ton of time to spend on it or last too long and they got creative with their cuts there but i thought it was a pretty cool fight and i like that lois knocked out lex yeah. um and they tried to use the book but they can apparently just talk down superman 96 which you would think would change what happened in elseworlds if you can rewrite destiny by just talking in the book but i don't know the rules of this book so i won't dwell on that too much i was glad routh's superman has heat vision red heat vision i'm hoping post-crisis um hecklin's superman gets gets red heat vision because that just makes more sense to me and is the way it's always been but i looked it didn't quite look like 
it was more red than Superman Returns, but I thought it was really still cool to see that they kept his red heat vision. And it's cool to see that going into Tyler Hecklin's chest and standing there blocking Lois like while they they talk him down. And that's a that's a good moment between Lois and Clark, even though this is a different Clark. Um, it was it was pretty cool to see her talk him down. Yeah, and Rouse says, I can see why you married her. So it's kind of like uh, Bitsy's Lois and Rouse Superman had more to do together yeah. than, <laughs> than uh, quote-unquote, our Clark and Lois. Uh, when they get back to the Wave Rider and she introduces Rouse Superman to Jonathan. And cool moment here. He says he looks like his son, Jason. That was awesome, yeah. Um, which I, he didn't see Jason as baby, but I'm assuming he looked at pictures or something there. Uh, so I thought that was cool. Um yeah, about Routh and, and Tolik having a lot of scenes together. Uh, it's weird because in the the Thy Kingdom Come, the Kingdom Come Superman isn't even able to look at the Earth One Lois because of everything. So I thought that was, they didn't dwell on that here. So I don't know if they're saying his son was something that connected him to humanity longer. Um, so I'm, I would kind of, part of me would have liked to have seen Hecklin and Tolik get to share more more scenes. But if this is the last time we see Routh as Superman, I guess it's good that we get to see him interact with the other ones. A little bit more because Hecklin and Tolik will have more chances to interact in the show. Yeah, so that's there's one other fun moment where Kara walks in and says Ray is looking jacked because obviously in this uh, Brandon Routh plays Ray Palmer, but he is also playing this Superman from Earth ninety six and he <laughs> looks in Superman shape. So that was a, a fun little. Yeah, I don't think I saw some people say it looks like Kara might have been attracted to. I don't think so. Superman. I didn't. I didn't really see that, but that does remind me of when Clark met Kara in Smallville. And then realized they were cousins yep. and the weird reaction Willing did in that. Um, but I don't think that was quite like this here. But we find out about Jason. We don't know the timeline here, but assuming this is 13 years after Superman returns, Jason would be 18. But maybe he is younger or something like that. Do you think that's just a fun nod to Superman Returns? Or do you think Clark's vision of having two kids could play into this somehow? Maybe. I, I took it as just like the writers giving a nod to mm-hmm. uh to Jason I didn't I don't think it'll actually come back I think it's just kind of a throwaway line to make nerds like us happy yeah I'm wondering what happened to poor Richard White he was a good yeah. guy I don't I don't know what happened um but I guess Clark and Lois got back together there yeah if I can say one more smallville thing I had to watch this episode twice because the first time I basically missed everything after smallville because I was just too busy in my head thinking about things that were like just making me upset or like confused and i wasn't enjoying the rest of this episode as much um so i went back and watched the end again without watching the smallville part and it's it was a lot more enjoyable i mean there's some pretty good lois and clark and superman moments in it absolutely the same i was still processing the smallville stuff and i'm like i don't even know what's going on yeah. i hear kevin conroy reading ben affleck dialogue and some people died or something i don't know what happened and then uh, I, I would have rewatched it anyway but yeah, it was um, this part of it I enjoyed a lot more once I had moved past the Smallville part of it. Yeah, Black Lightning had a, a tie-in episode, which you don't really need to know, but it was it was a pretty cool episode just of Black Lightning on its own, and I thought they did a good job of tying it into Crisis while being its own thing. Um, but it certainly ends with Black Lightning disappearing and his Earth being destroyed. But that moves us into Crisis Part 3, the Flash episode, which is probably the lightest Superman one. Yeah, definitely. We... Uh, open up on Earth 203 on New Gotham, and we see Huntress talking to Oracle while the whole world is destroyed. This is, it's cool to see this. Um, it doesn't last long, but it's just a nice way to see Huntress. Uh, Earth 1 on the Wave Rider, Ray is repairing the Paragon detector that he created while 
Team Flash shows up and the two supermen are going to bring people from different Earths to Earth 1 to save them. And Lois is going to stay and run calm. So they've got their their little jobs. We don't we get brief glimpses of that and like throwaway lines about it. But that's that's basically what they're doing in this episode. Yeah, that sounds fun. I would have liked to see it. But (laughs) obviously, there's not a lot of time for that. Uh, But yeah, we other paragons are revealed. And this is where they're going to introduce Dr. Ryan Choi, who's going to take over um, as the the Adam once um, Brandon Ralph isn't on uh, anymore. Presumably. Uh, I don't yeah. think we got confirmation of that, but presumably. Uh, I like Dr. Choi. I thought he was cool to see. Yeah, he did. It was a very good... Uh, I liked him. Um, Kate and Kara interrogate Lex about the Book of Destiny. Um, it, they also have a, a bit of back and forth in this episode where uh, Kara is too hopeful and Kate needs to be courageous to tell her to not be so hopeful or that things she shouldn't do things. I don't know. Yeah, they're setting up a relationship, a friendship or type thing between the two of them um whatever's going on there i thought it was really cool to see lucifer show up yeah on earth six or earth 666 cool to see that constantine and him have a backstory i thought that was really cool so they have to go to purgatory awesome to see jim corrigan show up a yeah. specter that's another jerry siegel creation from early days so i thought that was uh, a cool subplot that subplot kind of picked up for me finally there uh and and it sounds like oliver's they're, they're figuring out what to do with Oliver now. And I think he's probably going to take over as a specter or whatever, but we can get into that later in terms of predictions. Uh, the other thing that's going on too, is the the antimatter cannon, uh, which is being run by flash from earth 90. He's stuck on there and running it. And that's, that's kind of the, the main gist of this story. This is the flash episode. And so there is a lot of flash elements and that's the kind of big story with them. Yeah. That was some of my, the best stuff I thought seeing black lightning show up black lightning got some really good stuff to do black lightning is an awesome character uh flash 90 got some cool stuff he married tina um yeah i've always i've always wondered how uh, that would end up that was uh, i thought they arguably earth 90 flash and jefferson pierce got the best stuff to do so far in this crossover and that's good because i really like the two of them you know outside of superman and lois those, those are the two i was probably looking forward to the most and they really delivered really got some cool emotional stuff to go through the one weird thing is that evidently Black Lightning's whole world has been destroyed and everybody he knows is dead. We'll see if that's a permanent situation. I, I haven't heard about a cancellation of Black Lightning, so I don't <laughs> think it's permanent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's that's definitely every every Earth is gone. So right. they would have had to either the rest of the shows take place in the vanishing point at the end of this or uh, something is coming back, at least one Earth. Yep. Um, but then we the small things that we do get with uh, Lois and Clark. Well, Lois with Monitor, she's she's with them and they have a, a pretty nice conversation. Um, and she talks about how she she's witnessing the biggest event in history and she wishes she could write a story, but nobody's going to be there to read it. So uh, we get some more details about her, you know, her reporter chops. I like that. And we get to see Earth 96 Superman popping back, uh, disappointed he couldn't save people. And he talks about how hope, he says a nice quote there that makes me think he could be a, a paragon of hope. Right. Uh, from, from what he says there it's weird how he gets this cool quote about hope uh, he's the he is the paragon of truth which if you think of you know superman standing for truth justice in the american way it makes some sense christopher reeve superman saying i never tell a lie lois so yeah. it does make sense from from that perspective yeah she asks him about the crest it has the black background and like you said that awesome quote he says because lois even in the darkest times hope pulls through hope is the light that lifts us out of darkness that is 100 percent pure awesome Yep, I agreed. And he zips out. Um, 
And then Lois says he never quits no matter what Earth he's from, huh? And I think that Lois didn't see the episode from yesterday, let's, from the day let's before. Let's move on. <laughs> All, right. All right, my bad. Um, but yeah, not 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 really much other Superman stuff. Uh, we're down to one Earth for a little bit there, and cool Jefferson thing. He's like, wait, so the Superman thing is real? Yeah. On his Earth, he, they kind of know of superheroes, but they're from comic books. So I thought that was really cool. Like he points out the Superman. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And then we get the crazy stuff. Uh, Harbinger shows up, kind of controlled by the Antimonitor, defeats everyone. Earth One's destroyed, so every Earth is destroyed. So every Clark Kent, every Superman, every Lois, and every Lex Luthor you know, they all are dead. Except for Earth-96, Superman. Because he is a paragon who is zipped away to the vanishing point, except then he also is dead. What do you think of the ending here? So yeah, it was weird. Earth-38, Tyler Hecklin, Superman, basically did nothing in this episode except get obliterated at the end. So that was... A bit frustrating if you were looking for cool moments with him. Um, and then the Earth-96 when Ralph Superman getting replaced by Lex is also a bit disappointing because that means there's no Superman for us to see do anything uh, for a little bit until something crazy happens. But we'll see how long that takes. Yeah, obviously we don't think this is going to stick. So I guess we'll see how it resolves from that. Yeah, Earth-38 Superman doesn't get anything to do at all. Um, and he doesn't even get to see Lois and John when they're wiped away. Um, so that was, I would like to see more there again. We didn't think that Superman would take over this whole thing, but we were hoping Heckland Superman would be established a little bit more as Superman by the end of it. I'm still hoping that happens in parts four or five, but, um, so far not promising on that front. He hasn't gotten much to do at all. Yeah. Um, I will say Cryer's Lex is doing a great job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Uh, that was the best Superman-related stuff. Him getting to switch places. Okay, what do we do now? That is awesome, Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's and he's very um, unpredictable and makes very selfish choices and um, is super intelligent. So that it makes me really hope that they can involve John Cryer somehow, or if they don't get him, some actor um, in this vein who is playing a, a Lex Luthor like this. I I'm really excited to to hopefully see that on the the new TV show. Yeah, I'm still hoping he has a recurring role going yeah. forward in the show. So yeah, a uh, uh, mixed bag with with all this stuff. Uh some really cool stuff going on. I think of looking at looking at this as an adaptation of the last 7 years of CW shows, it's a it's a better crossover than as one of DC's entire history. Um and it, and it's kind of a mismatch of those, but some wonderful Lois stuff some good Clark stuff, a little bit less on the the Superman stuff, but we'll just have to wait and see how it how it resolves. Yep, totally agree. So we covered a lot here. We'll get into more. We're going to do a follow-up on this, talking more about it before we get back to the final two episodes, January 14th. We'll be talking about Easter eggs because there's a lot. We'll talk about the tie-in comic that was announced um, and maybe our predictions for parts four and five. So our next episode, if you have feedback, let us know. At TV, at TV Superman Lois on Twitter or Superman and Lois Podcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll read those and, and go over those predictions or feedback on the first three episodes or anything like that and, and how you think it might impact the Superman and Lois show. That's all we've got. And remember, even in the darkest times, hope pulls through. Hope is the light, lifts us out of darkness. <laughs>